And the Sabres keep it in. Here's Olofsson in front with the shot. Scores! J.J. Paterka following up on the play. And he rockets that one in past Shesterkin. Shot by Middlestep. Rebound scores! Middlestep the shot. Alex Tuck on the rebound. And Buffalo has taken a 2-0 lead. Sends it ahead. Gustafson in on the rush. Pass across. Along with into the Rangers' own Casey Middlestep against Keandre Miller for Alex Tuck with a shot, scores! Yes, he did! Alex Tuck! Ryder back to Panarin. Skinner with the steal at the line. He'll get it up to center. Now race to an empty net, and the race will be won by the Sabres. Casey Middlestep into the empty net. Sabres keep it in. Yoki Haru. Far circle. One-timer scores! What a shot from Kyle Pozo in the far circle and quite the feed as well, I might say, with 6.7 seconds to go. Uh, disgust still lingering in and around Igor Shosturkin, I think, <laughs> after that last goal. Uh, Marty, I don't want to say you know that feeling well, but you know the idea of that feeling well. And uh, hey, good for the Sabres to go a full 60 and uh, just keep the throttle down until the end in a 5-1 win. I remember criticizing the Sabres in a game in Boston last year where after giving up an empty net goal, they gave up another goal. It was a shorthanded goal maybe, on UPL, maybe two. Maybe two. And yeah. I was like, this is terrible. Like, play the game till the end because your goalie, who Shesterkin, have been a reason for the Rangers to be where yeah. they at. And he had the injury. He comes back. Yes, Jonathan Quick is playing great. But, okay, it's a 3-1 game. You give up an empty net goal. Finish the game. Don't allow a one-timer like this. But, hey. All marks go to the Sabres because they did not just say, hey, games 4-1, we're done. Like Henry Okiaru saw an opportunity to make a nice play. Kyle scores. You know, play the game till the end. And the Sabres were able to do that. Now it looks really good in the, in the newspaper the next day when you open the page and it says Sabres win 5-1. It wasn't a 5-1 game, but it looks really good. Yeah. Well, so what was it then if it wasn't 5-1 in your opinion? It was a 3-1 game. Okay. It was a game where the Sabres were the better team yeah. uh, and they um, had the most shots. They had the most high danger chances. They had the, the expected goals in their favor. They mm -hmm. needed a couple of big saves from Ukopeka Lukinen, who is great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they, I felt like the Sabres were the team that deserved to win. And it was a three, one, maybe even a 4-2 game at the end of it. It wasn't okay. a 5-1 game, but there's not a lot of difference between the two, and you take whatever you get. And with Lukanen now having six quality starts in his nine starts this year, uh, an opportunity for him to build. And, you know, it, it's, I think, commonplace for most, if not all coaches, to try to Keep in mind, you know, the big picture when talking immediately after a game about the small picture, like you don't want to go too far down a path in generalizations yes. or expectations or speculation. Um, but I think, you know, just listening to Don last night and then listening to him again today on WGR, you know, common sense is prevailing here. And that is, yes, Lukanen's performance has earned him more time. It's just, it's, we're in a window here where he's not just going to say, you know, he's going to play two out of every three or what have you, you know, and I, I, that's fair. It's, it's 
I, I think just trying not to get ahead of ourselves from a team and individual standpoint at this point in time. Is that is that fair? It's fair. But it's what's funny to me is that you look at Lukanen has played nine starts in the last 16 games. He's actually appeared in 11 of the last 16 because he came in for uh, a um, Eric Comrie getting hurt. And then he also relieved Levi in one game against the Boston Bruins. So he's played in 11 of 16, started nine of 16. But the fact that there's three goalies and one night it's Comrie, one night it's Levi, one night it's UPL, then UPL comes back, whatnot. It doesn't feel like it has separated in games played UPL from the pack, right? Mm -hmm. If it was just, okay, let's look at two goalies, Lukanen and Comrie. You say, well, Lukanen's the guy that plays most. He's the mm -hmm. guy. Or if you just look at Lukanen and Levi, you say, well, Lukanen has played most. He's the guy. But when you put all three in the same, you know, in the same bucket and you stir it up, you're like, oh, um, it doesn't feel like he's played most of the games. He doesn't feel like he's the number one goaltender, but the performances are there in the nine start in the last 16 games. Well, in his nine start six, two and one, that's, that's, that's the number you got to go back to it. And the quality you mentioned, the quality starts six mm -hmm. out of nine. That's a good level. If you that's go six out of level. nine mm -hmm. all season, that's two thirds. That's six, six last year. There was, I believe I looked it up. There was only six goaltenders that were over 700 mm -hmm. in quality starts. And they were the top six in the league, right? Two That's of them it. were Bruins. <laughs> yes, it was Swayman, Allmark. It was, yeah, Connor Hellebuck yeah. was in there. So yeah. you look at that number and you say, UPL is playing at a level now that is like making me want to look at the schedule and say, okay, I'm mapping out the next two weeks. Where do I play them? How do I manage that? Because- that's the time of year when you need to win games. And last night was a, a huge win for the Sabres thinking we are going to make a run right here. That was huge. And our friends at Hockey Reference uh, not only do the quality starts, but the RBS that we uh, yeah, elaborated really upon start. a little bit more in the, in the summer. Yeah. I mean, there's only been one, you know, RBS, which is really bad start um, for Lucan and out of that number. And again, if you minimize that, it's, it's it puts him on the proper path one that might i add i had to go on a little bit of a soapbox for in the middle of last year when he was at 40 career games and everybody was saying don't play him anymore and i'm like calm down like seriously <laughs> seriously and guess what he's still only 24 and he hasn't even played 60 games yet like th yeah. this is this this is now a big opportunity but based on what you just said where you're kind of excited to like Look at a schedule, and December is incredibly jammed, even with a three-day holiday break, uh, yeah. 24, 25, 26. There's a lot of games to be played, a lot of four-game weeks. Um, the, the question I would have for you is, what has Lukanen earned now in the way of, let's say, grace, if he has an off night? Because this is the tricky part, right? You're you're affording someone, presumably, opportunity based on the good that he has done. But we all know, players know this, you're not perfect every night. I'm just like worried that at, at what point does he get a proper leash to feel like he's closer to being a number one? And how hard is that for the coach to manage here in this situation with three of them here? 
Well, it's hard to manage with three. It's a lot easier to manage with two because I think that if there was only two, um, it would write itself. It would write itself. And I don't care if you would be Comrie or Levi right now, you would see the writing on the wall. You would see where you stand. The mm -hmm. NHL puts you in your place. I think that's a great James Patrick quote again that you can use for a goaltender is that the, the results and the performances put you in your place. And right now, if there was two, you'd say, it's pretty easy to look at it and say, Lukanen's your guy. With three, it's a little bit different because now you have to think, okay, we are going to play, try to play everybody regularly enough so that they can have a chance to perform at their best. But I do look at something that Lukanen has separated himself with the other two, uh, Comrie and Levi right now, is his abilities to make hard scoring chances, hard shot, high danger ch shot saves. Mm -hmm. And the amount of high danger goals that he's given up, he has faced more high danger chances than Comrie and Levi, but he's also given up way less high danger uh, goals than Comrie and Levi. That to me is the big difference, yeah. right? There's always, you can always look at, there's three kinds of safe percentage. There's low danger, safe percentage, medium danger, high danger. Usually the low danger, everybody in the league is going to be about the same. If you are way off on the negative side, you're out of the league. You're not yeah. making easy saves. Medium danger, there it could fluctuate depending on how your team plays defense, but high danger save percentage is where the top goaltenders shine. That's where they really make the other teams say, oh man, we had chances, but the goalie played so well. I think the Rangers yesterday can say they had a lot of chances. Yeah. Now, Peter, Peter Laviolette said it wasn't our game, and you could tell that it took him a while to get into it, but they did have a lot of chances. That game could have turned, but those high-danger chances did not go in because Lukanen has had a, an ability this year to make those saves, to recover on rebound recovery, to be quick on lateral movement when the plays are in tight. And he, that's one of his key strengths. And I've said that before, the low plays. Now, the difference this year is he keeps making those saves. He's not giving up the long-range shots and the screens where he used to almost look like he didn't fight the screen. He just dropped and the puck would go in. He's, he's making those saves at an NHL level. He's still making the high-danger saves at an elite level right now. Well, let me ask the question a different way or a similar question here. And that is, has his play done what the Sabres were hoping could have happened from any of the three. And that is allowed them to get to a point where they do narrow this down to two, where they start feeling comfortable enough that they've got a guy close enough to being a one or at very least one a, and then they decide on the rest only. And again, this is simply looking forward because of roster flexibility. Yes. We're all very much aware. This has, it's all tied. You can't separate the two. All we know is that as the season goes on and you run into injury issues and sometimes guys aren't out long enough to be on IR and you get stuck in that window, right? Where you just don't have the, the flexibility. Um, how, how do you view this? And, and do you think a couple more good weeks for Lukanen changes the complexion of, of the three-man crease? I think you're getting to that point now. Like I'm not talking, oh, let's revisit in a couple of weeks. I'm thinking you have to almost start revisiting now the situation with the three goalies. 
if if you had eight defensemen and all eight of them could be sent down to Rochester without having to clear waivers, it'd be a different story. But you don't. I mean, you're not sending Owen Power to Rochester, and now the only other one out of that group is Ryan Johnson. I think Ryan Johnson has earned a spot on the six. He's he's played really well. He makes your team better. Uh, up front is the same scenario right now. Yeah, you could send Kulik back, but Greenway is going to come back at some point. Quinn mm-hmm. is going to come back. Thompson is going to come back. You're going to need roster flexibility. Mm-hmm. Are you going to wait until that happens? And maybe something else happens between now and then that, you know, player goes on IR or whatnot. It could help you. Mm-hmm. But I don't see why the waiting game now, you've gotten an answer. And it, look, trying Levi at the start of the season and giving him the net and saying we're going to go with Devin Levi was was not the, the the it was not a wrong idea. It wasn't the the, the it was the right idea. Mm-hmm. It was like starting Miller in 0506 and say, hey, Ryan Miller, go ahead, play the first five six games. Let's see where you're at. And Millsy had his ups and down, but the team was doing good. The team was performing well. And Miller got himself going again. And then all of a sudden, you know, he was the number one goal. He got hurt, but then he was the number one goalie. And we know what 0506 was like. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to change things along the way. And I think we're at that point now where you have to consider, okay, is this helping Levi? Because every time Levi goes into the net now with Buffalo, there's an added pressure. There's an added pressure almost thinking, Am I saving my NHL job now? Lukanen's playing so well. I got to match Lukanen. Comrie's played well. You know, I got to match Comrie. Like there's an added pressure that I feel is 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 probably not a positive added pressure. And so for me, it, it would be around that time now where you would say, okay, let's make that decision. Let's give Lukanen the bulk of the games anyway. There's a back-to-back this weekend. And then there's a back-to-back middle of December. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we run Lukanen every game. That's not a back-to-back and see in the next two weeks and then we readjust. And so, yeah, I think you could definitely do that because as you mentioned, the roster flexibility will need you to make a move at some point. So I'm not surprised to hear you speak from potentially the standpoint of Devin Levi and the pressure that he may or may not put on himself every start now because of the reality of where the team is at and and how Lukanen has gone. But I guess part of me is thinking, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's human nature that an athlete would feel that. Yeah. But I also understand what individuals Levi focused, does his meditation, all that plus goalie coaches, plus team psychologist, plus added coaching staff layers. I'd like to think that in the big picture, all of these helpful hands and voices can help alleviate that mental burden of thinking you're in that situation. But does it matter at the end of the day? Or is it just reality that an athlete is always, presumably, most athletes are going to feel that kind of pressure? Um, what's the uh, saying? You're everybody prepares for a fight until they get punched. And then all of a sudden that plan, mm-hmm. like kind of goes out the window and sometimes you get punched and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, like I can't get my, my serenity now moment. I can't feel balance anymore. Right. right I'll right. give you a really good example. Oh, five, oh, six, 
Miller gets hurt. I go win 13 in a row. We're in about February, okay? And Miller's had ups and downs. And we're playing a game at home against the Ottawa Senators. And I remember the work, well, not the work and the word around, but being asked the morning of the game, hey, do you feel like that's your chance to prove that you're a number one goalie? You get to play tonight. It's a good team. Like, I hadn't even thought about it, but now I'm being asked a question. Yeah. I'm like, could I steal this job back from Ryan Miller? Could I be the guy? Could I assert myself as the number one guy for the rest of the year? Mm -hmm. And I remember going into that game, not purposely thinking about it, but it's in the back of your head. And a second period, don't remember who the guy is, came down the wing, took a slap shot, beat me 5-0. It wasn't a great goal. I ended up on my back. Like, you know, when you close your legs so hard that you try to squeeze and then you look behind you and the puck kind of just squirts right out and you fall backwards. And I remember thinking, and this is crazy, the things that you remember from singular moment, thinking, there goes my chance. That was my oh. chance. I gave up a bad goal. And But we still, I think, won the game. But I wasn't at the level that I wanted to be if I was to take that job back from Ryan Miller. And even though I, if I was talking to myself, who were 29 years old at the time, and be or 20, 28, and say, don't think about it. Don't don't listen to the noise. Don't don't focus on you. There's always these moments that punch you in the face that it comes back to your mind and you think about it. And I think right now we're seeing it in Levi's game that there's moments where he's completely focused and relaxed and playing the game. And there's moments where he gets punched in the face and you can see that the brain is starting to think a little bit about other things. That's normal. It happens. The best in the league, Marty Brodeur, Patrick Rod, Dominic Ashik, they all dealt with that. And it's hard to handle, especially if you're not feeling super confident in your own abilities right now. Sabres win 5-1 last night. Uko Pekalukinen, the star, getting lots of uh, acclaim in the form of uh, one-word answers and beyond at Sabres Live on Twitter today. So keep that coming as we have, you know, pushed towards a little one-word finish at the end of the show. But rapid fire now, Marty, just through some of the other guys that were uh, part of an incredible team effort last night. Casey Middlestad, going back to January of the last season, is the team leader in points, 51 yep. points over the last 56 games. He is the team leader in points this season now, officially, <laughs> as he is up to 20 points in 22 games. Uh, a word or two on myths. What I have loved about Casey Millistat is the versatility, number one. Like you play him with Paterka and Benson, you play him with Skinner and Tuck, you play him wherever you want, right? He has he has stepped up to the need of this team and performed really well. Even on the power play, where do you want him? You want him in a bumper? I'll do the bumper. You want him on the left flank because Tage Thompson's not there? I'll be on the left flank. I'll 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 do everything you ask me to do. And that's something that we knew how to Casey Middlestat. He loves hockey. He like will watch games, loves hockey, loves to, to, to study the details of the game. So he's prepared to be put in any situation. He will fit in right and wherever you want. You want him to be on the ice in the last minute and a half when the other team's goalie's out and you need somebody to play well and hold the position, he'll do it. The versatility with Casey Middlestat is off the charts right now, in my opinion. So when you have... Thompson returning at some point and Quinn returning at some point. And in you're trying to maneuver the, the, you know, the lines, I feel like that's an added asset with Casey Middlestat. 
Maybe you keep him with Skinner and Tuck. Maybe you don't. He will be able to perform, in my opinion, wherever you put him, and he will make his wingers better. That's how good he's been this year. Very quick on Zach Benson, career high, 18-28 last night. Uh, career high in time on ice. I felt career high in uh, chances. Not all were resulted in shot on net, but there was a great one-timer from the right side left alone in front of the net two or three times. Very significant every time he stepped on the ice. The mm -hmm. added energy, forecheck, and puck pursuit that he had. Um, I find it that he's starting to follow steps a little bit with like a Jeff Skinner. You mm -hmm. know, like they they pick their – they're not going to outpower you with their size, but mm -hmm. they pick their spots, and they're really good at getting pucks back. Um, yeah, he was very noticeable. One of his best game, I thought. He could take a day off from the gym after all the damage he did to Truba last night. <laughs> that cross-check to Truba. Although, let's just call it what it was. The referee saw Pitlick fall down. We could lose our Benson. license if you did. No, no. Then we'll call it as it is. The referee's in the opposite corner. He sees Pitlick fall down as Benson is making the move for a cross-check. But mm. the cross-check is on Truba, not on Pitlick. And Pitlick is down at the feet of Benson. So the ref is thinking, oh, well, Pitlick got cross-checked in the back of the pants, which brought him down to the ice. I'm going to call a penalty. I have few people that use this line, and I'm going to steal it today, is sometimes the referee call what they think they saw, not what they actually saw, right? It was like Pitlick's penalty. Like, uh, it wasn't a penalty. He hits Paterka. Paterka yeah. had the puck, but he thought, mm -hmm. ooh, I may have seen that. I'm going to call it. No. Mm -hmm. The same thing with Benson. It was two bad calls. One went for both teams. And probably on the hand pass from Cooley to uh, Wheeler oh as well. Gosh. So That was they, bad, they, too. Again, people, the breaks tend to even out. Keep that in mind. Buffalo was buzzing at the start of last night. Could very, should very easily have been one nothing Rangers, but they had a quick uh, non-reviewable situation, and it definitely worked to Buffalo's favor. Okay, so Victor Olofsson, when I mentioned Middlestat, is the actual points leader on the season. Victor is tied with Casey for most points in the last seven games. He has eight in that stretch. A one word on Victor. Streaky. So that is the thing with Victor. Um, you know, nothing for a long time at the start of the season. Now getting a more ice time, a different mm -hmm. opportunity. Um, he's putting up points. And the one thing with Victor, I think he's making a lot of good plays with the puck, but mm -hmm. not in a scoring matter, more in a facilitating matter, like yep. good passes, good looks, drawing somebody to him. And there's a little bit more confidence. I know we pointed it out on the broadcast last night, but when he took that slap shot from the half wall, I was like, whoa, like this is Victor that often refuses to shoot when he has a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. And this, he took a full slap shot from a bad opportunity, but still it was like, I'm getting that puck on net. I think Victor is playing his best right now. Very streaky would be the one word. 11 and seven configuration. It ended up meaning reduced minutes for Ryan Johnson last night. However, Johnson is now at 152 minutes and 22 seconds <laughs> of five on five time on ice this year with zero goals against. He is the only player in the NHL and nobody's even at one. There's yeah. a small group of guys at two goals against more at three and beyond for anybody that's played more than a hundred minutes. One word that is allowing Ryan Johnson to accomplish this in his first year in the NHL. 
uh, timing. <laughs> it's about being on the ice at the right time. <laughs> no, but, no, okay. I, I can't fit it in one word. I think Ryan Johnson doesn't spend a lot of time in his zone. Why? Because right. when he gets the puck, and, and often you're going to need help from your teammates. You may be on the ice for a goal against that you had nothing to do about. You Maybe you sure. stepped on the ice for five seconds and it goes in the net. But general is, the general sense for me when you look at Ryan Johnson is when he's on the ice, they don't spend a lot of time in their defensive zone, which in the end is going to help for sure. Puck, 12 game-winning goals since joining the Sabres. That is tied for number one on the team with Tage Thompson, an even dozen after his showing last night. Alex Tuck, in a word of late. Power. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, power forward is going to be the game for Alex Tuck. Everybody's surprised at how fast he can skate, but when he gets positioning and he uses his size and his power, um, he's a totally different animal on the ice. He is a beast and his goal, uh, you know, that, that in the slot, be able to work off of Keandre Miller and get leverage with the shoulder. To me, that's uh, all that you have to look at for Alex Tuck when he plays at his best. Dana uh, Goldman, of course, from our Sabres Live and now Sabres Game Night coverage, yep. occasionally uh, alerted us to natural stat trick and the tuck line last night with Skinner and Middlestat being on the ice uh, at five on five with scoring chances at eight to nothing yeah. <laughs> for Buffalo and the shot attempts at 20 to four. So, you know, and ultimately they had a couple of goals thanks to Alec as, Alex as well. So very, very strong indeed. There are others that we may get to from last night's performance. We will definitely get to more of your uh, responses here at Sabres Live. There is an injury update, unfortunately, from that game last night from the Rangers side, and that is Capocacco is on long-term injured reserve after uh, the leg injury suffered in a tie-up with Eric Johnson, mm -hmm. where he just went down terribly awkwardly with the left leg buckled underneath him. So they're saying it's not believed to be season ending, but uh, a significant time will be missed by Caco. So um, obviously incredibly unfortunate there. Now, when we continue, we are going to zip around the NHL, some crazy stories and uh, you know, obviously a lot pertinent to the Sabres and the Eastern Conference playoff race, but we are through Thanksgiving and nicely into the holiday season here. And as we have often done in the past, it's the giving season. So we want you to be a part yeah. of uh, the giving season with Holiday Angels. The Sabres have partnered with Child and Family Services to give fans the opportunity to adopt a family and donate gifts to make their holiday a happy one. You can visit sabres.com slash holidayangels to learn how you can participate. Stay with us. Second half, Sabres Live, right after this.